897, Cameron Huddleston, author of Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. The biggest mistake is not talking to my mom soon enough. Even though I'm a financial journalist, I didn't realize this was a conversation I needed to have, and most people don't. When was the last time you sat your parents down and talked to them about their money? Welcome back to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Listen, if you're like most people, you probably haven't had this conversation. And I don't think we can blame ourselves. It's difficult talking to our parents about their savings, their investments, their will. That's a challenge. Today, we're in conversation with Cameron Huddleston, who has written an excellent book on how to have these important conversations as hard as they are with our aging family. Cameron is an award-winning journalist with more than 17 years of experience. She's been published everywhere, the Chicago Tribune, Fortune, Money. She's also the current life and money columnist for Go Banking Rates. As you just heard, Cameron's experience taking over her mother's finances after her mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's inspired her to take on this work and how to have discussions about money with our parents before it's too late. What are some icebreakers? How do you position the conversation so you don't come across as nosy or inappropriate? What are the essential documents and steps that you should take care of now and steps Cameron wishes she had taken when trying to help her mom? Here's Cameron Huddleston. Cameron Huddleston, welcome to So Money, my friend. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so excited. You've written an important book, Cameron, and it's a book that really uh, was born out of a personal struggle, a personal journey. But your experience, I think, um, is so relatable as many people, as they grow up and they become sort of part of this sandwich generation, they're taking care of their kids, but also their aging parents. And you've written a really heartfelt book, uh, a new book called Mom and Dad, we need to talk, how to have essential conversations with your parents about their finances. And let me tell you, this is one of the biggest questions I get from many people who listen to this show. It's tough. How do you start that conversation? How did you start the conversation with your with your parents? In particular, I believe your mom, right, who was going through Alzheimer's. Yes. You know, the reason I wrote this book is because I don't want people to make the same mistakes that I made. And the biggest mistake is not talking to my mom soon enough. Even though I'm a financial journalist, I didn't realize this was a conversation I needed to have. And most people don't. They just don't realize how important it is to talk to your parents about their finances. And, you know, even if it dawns on us to have the conversation, we're afraid. We think, well, we don't want to be nosy or, you know, it's none of our business. Our parents are going to get upset with my mother. The first time I talked to her about anything money related was about long-term care insurance. And I just point blank said, hey, mom, do you have long-term care insurance? I think you should look into it. She did. She took my advice. She met with an insurance agent. Unfortunately, she could not get coverage because of a pre-existing condition she had. And it was not dementia at the time. It was something else. And then, of course, 
what would happen a couple of years later, she started having memory issues. And, and looking back, you know, I see my mistake at the time I should have said to my mom, okay, you couldn't get long-term care insurance. Let's sit down and look at your finances and come up with a plan. Let's figure out how you would be able to pay for long-term care. If you ever needed it, let's talk about the type of care you would want because she was living alone. She and my father had gotten divorced years before that. And so I knew looking back, you know, I, I should have been having that conversation with her then to figure out what we would do going forward, but I didn't. And fate being what it is, she ended up having memory issues, starting to have memory issues a few years later and developed dementia, which was diagnosed as Alzheimer's. And when I saw that she was having trouble with her memory, suddenly it was no longer a what if type of conversation. What if this happens, mom? Mm -hmm. It was, oh my gosh, this is happening. What are we going to do? And this is why people need to have these conversations sooner rather than later so that they can be so that they can be talking about hypothetical situations, not we're in the thick of it now. It's an emergency. Emotions are running high. How do we deal with this? You know, unfortunately, my mother and I have a very good relationship. I told her we need to go meet with an attorney right away, update all your legal documents. And we did that while she was still competent enough to sign those documents. But if you wait too long and your parents are no longer competent because of a health issue, because of memory issues, that's when you really get into trouble. That's that's when the problems really start. And this is why people have to have these conversations. So I suppose the adage of it's never too late applies here, but always better to start early. When should you start to have this conversation with your parents? I mean, it's no secret that many people who are aging, we're living longer, we're not retiring as soon as maybe we, we'd like. And so that maybe there is this perception that, well, mom and dad are okay. You know, if they're good, if they're in good health, and even if they're in their 60s and perhaps still working, like it's not appropriate to bring this up. So that's maybe the first question is when, and then secondly, how? So if you are afraid or if you haven't ever done this before, what's a great way to break the ice? So as far as when, I hear that all of the time, Farnoosh. We're not there yet. My parents are still in good health. You know, they haven't retired yet or they're about to retire. Why rush this conversation? I think you should be having these conversations before your parents are in their 60s. And I know that might seem early. I think when you're in your late 20s, you're in your early 30s and your parents are still in their 50s in good health, it is the perfect time to have this conversation. My mother was 65 when she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. That's relatively young, but it's not entirely unusual. You know, people do have health issues at younger ages, even though we are living longer. You know, my, my father actually passed away when he was 61 and he died without a will, even though he was an attorney and should have known better, should have had a will. You know, so I think especially when you are younger, you're in such a good position to initiate these conversations without them being awkward, because when you're starting out, you can go to your parents and ask them for advice Really, your sole goal here is to kind of get information about their finances, but make it look like you're asking them for advice. Hey, mom and dad, I just got married. Do I need 
a will now? Do I need life insurance? And their answers are going to give you clues to what they have done. They might say, oh, yeah, of course, you know, we got a will the moment we got married or we got we had wills drafted once we had you kids. We got life insurance once you had those. We had you kids. And then you take those answers and you continue the conversation. Or maybe you're just starting out in your first job. And you say to your parents, you know, I have an opportunity to save for retirement through work. What do you think? Should I be doing that? And then your parents are going to tell you either, hey, we have a pension. We never had to worry about that. Or yes, you should. We haven't saved enough for retirement. We wish we should have saved more. Just asking your parents for advice can open the door to more conversations. And it's something that you can do when you're younger. Once you're in your 40s, that's not the type of approach you can take because, It's just not as natural to be asking your parents for advice when you're that age. When you're in your 40s, a good way to start the conversation is to use a story. Because by that point in your life, you're bound to know someone who has already started dealing with issues with their parents. Just like me, I'm in my 40s. My mother has Alzheimer's. I'm taking care of her. So you go to your parents and you say, hey, mom and dad, I know someone you know, she's she's having to take care of her mother who has Alzheimer's. She has to manage all of her finances. I'd really love to talk with you about what sort of planning we need to do around that, because I want to be able to help you if you ever need that sort of help. Or, hey, mom and dad, I have a friend whose father passed away without a will. It created all yes. sorts of headaches for the family members who were left behind. Let's make sure that doesn't happen to us. Or you if you don't say- have your own story, if you don't have your own story, Make up one if you right, have to. Or, or say, I was listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes. And these two women were talking about the importance of being financially secure as you age and the role of children, helping their parents. And I think I really... I really think it's so true what you said about breaking the ice from the perspective of wanting help. Because to put yourself in the shoes of your parents, just think about it, right? They, no matter how old they are, no matter how old you are, they're still your parents and they still see you as their kid. And right. and and given that we're not often raised talking about money, I know a lot of people say their parents didn't really have the money talk with them when they were growing up. It's like a parent's domain. We don't want the kids to worry about money. So it can be a little off-putting a little unusual if all of a sudden your adult child, who's still your child, is is bringing up money to you. And you might think it's a private issue still. You might think it's not their business or not to, something that they should be concerned with. So coming at it from the approach of, um, I actually need your help. I would love your advice is brilliant. And I've never heard anyone position it that way. I think that that could work really wonders. I think another thing that you can try also is, as you mentioned, a lot of our parents think money is a taboo topic. So don't make the conversation initially about money. You know, the last thing you want to do is go to your mom and dad and say, hey, mom and dad, you know, where do you start, stand in terms of your retirement savings? You know, that, right. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna get defensive right away. Right. Couch it in a different way. Hey, mom and dad, you know, what does retirement look like for you? You know, do you do you see yourself traveling a lot? Do you think you're going to you know, stay here where you are? Could mm-hmm. you be moving? You know, I'm just kind of curious what, what it looks like for you. And that's going to hopefully open the doors. You're, you're kind of talking about a more bigger picture issue. You're talking about their dreams for retirement. If they're already in retirement, right. you know, maybe even talk about a little bit farther down the road, you know, mom and dad, I know maybe this is a little bit tough, tough to talk about, but you know, I want to make sure that we get clear on, you know, any sort of care you might want as you age or, you know, even your final wishes, because we, as your kids 
want to make sure that we can uphold those wishes. You want to make it very much about them Mm -hmm. and being able to help them. You don't want to at all look like you are after your own interests, not mom and dad. Let's talk about your will because I want to know whether I'm getting any money. (laughs) That's going to close the door to a conversation with your parents right away. Here's something else too that I think a lot of people might be nodding their heads listening to this scenario, which is, okay, our older generation parents, they had very maybe traditional division of labor around money, right? Where the dad managed the money, the mom perhaps doesn't know where, gosh, the money is. I mean, that sounds really crazy perhaps to modern women, but you know, there was a period of time where my mom didn't know where to pay the mortgage bill or how much they had in their investment account or any of the sort of like you know, big picture stuff or bigger expense stuff. And that really worried her. And as the child in this dynamic, right, trying to help your parents, but maybe they also have things to work out between themselves. And and what what is your role in that? I think you can use situations like that to start these conversations because you can position it as, again, perhaps using a story. You know, I have a friend whose father passed away and her mother was left not knowing how to pay the bills even. You know, dad, if something were to ever happen to you, I want to make sure that mom is taken care of. And I know, I know because I talked to someone recently who's my age, and this was like his father's primary concern. He even said to my friend, you know, his son, you know, I want to talk to you because I want to make sure everything's okay for your mom if something happens to me. So this can actually be a really good way to start the conversation if you know that mom has been kind of left out of financial tasks in the household and you know dad controls everything, going to dad and saying, hey, dad, let's make sure that mom can handle everything if something ever happens to you. And so, again, it's not like you're looking out for your own interests; You're looking out for mom. And hopefully dad's going to say, you know what? You're right. I never wanted to burden mom. But the last thing I want to do is create any sort of strain for her if something happens to me. Mm-hmm. So that can get conversations going between your parents, can get conversations going between all of you. Um, and certainly another thing you could do perhaps is offer to help out. You know, dad, I use, you know, mom and dad, I use um, online banking now. I don't know if you do that, but it makes things so easy. And if you do that, you can give mom access. And then that way she can make sure the bills get paid if something happens. That's really smart. A couple more questions before we transition to your financial habits and perspectives, because you have so many great qualities as someone who's covered this this terrain for many years as a journalist, but also as a strong woman, mother, business um, leader. Like, I mean, I think, I, I, you, do you consider yourself a business leader? Because you are, like you run your own ship and that's, maybe you're not running like a Fortune 500 company. We're not, but you know, it's 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 a lot to do all of it. I think of myself, um, I mean, I guess I think of myself as a, a strong woman, what I call myself a business leader, not necessarily, but I would call myself just a leader in general. And I'm trying to impart that in my daughters, letting them see that I can certainly have a career Mm -hmm. and have a family and take care of my mother all at the same time. It's not easy. It's a juggling act. Um, So that's certainly how I see myself as a leader. When I call myself Mm -hmm. a business leader, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, why limit yourself? (laughs) 
All right. So last question about this, and then I want to encourage everyone to go buy your book, uh, which is again called Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Their Finances. What are the essential things that you want to be sure are put in place? You talked about long-term care as one of the first sort of, you know, tent poles. But as far as just getting a framework set up for your parents, making sure that there's a certain kind of checks and balances in place for them so that they, they can grow into their older life gracefully, financially gracefully. What are those things? I think the most important thing, if you're going to have these conversations with your parents is to find out what sort of legal planning they have done. And I'm not just talking about a will or a living trust, which those are certainly important because that's going to spell out what your parent, what your parents want done with their assets. And of course, a will is not just for wealthy people. I mean, anything you have, anything you have that you're going to be leaving behind to future generations, if you don't specify who gets it, then your state law is going to determine who gets it. A judge is going to determine. So certainly a will is important, but even more important is to find out whether your parents have named a power of attorney and whether they have an advanced health care directive. Power of attorney allows you to name someone to make financial decisions for you if you cannot. My mother named me and my sister a power of attorney while she was still competent, competent enough to sign that document. Without it, I would not have been able to step in and start managing her finances for her as her memory declined. Without that document, I would have had to go to court and spend thousands of dollars hiring an attorney for myself, my mother, to basically put her on trial and prove that she was no longer competent to manage her money on her own. And no one, no family should have to go through that. And so that's why it's so important to find out if your parents have named someone to be power of attorney. If it's you, then you certainly need to have more conversations. Okay, mom and dad, I'm your power of attorney. So if something happens to you, where is that document? Where can I find it? Because without that document in hand, no bank, no financial institution is going to take your word for it, that your parents, that you are your parents' power of attorney. So mm -hmm. you've got to have that document. They don't have to hand it to you now, but you need to know where it is. And then you need to find out, okay, I'm your power of attorney. If I have to step in and manage your finances, you need to give me a clue about your finances. What sort of accounts you have? How can I make sure your bills get paid? Are they paid automatically? Do I have to write a check? Ask them to make a list for you. If they can write down all the accounts, the passwords, they don't have to give it to you. Tell them to put it someplace safe with that power of attorney document so that you can access it if you access it, if you need it. The other thing I mentioned is the advanced healthcare directive It's sometimes called a living will, but it allows them to name someone to make healthcare decisions for them. It also spells out their final wishes as far as what sort of life support they want. Again, a very important document to have because the last thing you want your family members to have to figure out whether to keep you on life support, to end up going to court, fighting over, you know, whether you keep mom or dad on life support, spending thousands and thousands of dollars to keep them in a vegetative state. It's a horrible thing. And so that power of attorney, the advanced directive, these are things you want to find out if your parents have them. And then from there, finding out, all right, let's talk a little bit more in depth about your finances, how you pay the bills, what sort of accounts you have, what sort of insurance you have. Do you have you know, a mortgage still. And like I said, ask them to write it down if they're uncomfortable telling you face to face. 
Because what you don't want happen, right, is that you don't do any of this pre-work and then God forbid something happens tragic, something happens, you know, that makes your parents incapable of handling their finances. And then now you're emotional and now you're trying to make rational choices with someone else's financial situation that's extremely personal, extremely emotional. And that's never a good place to be in to be making big decisions around money. No, not at all. And it can impact your finances. Mm -hmm. Someone I interviewed for the book, his father had not named him power of attorney and he had developed dementia, ended up in the hospital in the emergency room. And, you know, this man had to fly, you know, across the country to get to his father and he could not pay his father's hospital bills for him and pay for his nursing home bills once his father was getting rehabilitative care in a nursing home because his father had named him, never named him power of attorney. So we had to go through the court process and it took nine months. He spent thousands of dollars of his own money. Wow. And had to pay his father's bills. I mean, you cannot walk into the bank and say, hey, I need access to mom's bank account so I can pay her medical bills. They're going to say no way. <laughs> no way. I'm sorry. We're not going to let you do that unless you're your mom's power of attorney. I don't care how much you beg and plead. They're not mm. going to let you unless you have that legal document. Cameron, you have covered personal finance and you're an award-winning journalist over you know 17 years of experience. You've been published everywhere, the Chicago Tribune, Fortune, Money, USA Today. And you're currently the life and money columnist for Go Banking Rates. I got to ask you, what's the most influential, personally influential story that you have covered that impacted your personal finances? I think one of the great privileges of being personal finance reporters is we get access to all this knowledge, all of these experts who educate us day in and day out, and then we deliver that expertise to the public. But obviously at some points we're learning life transforming things. You know, I've, I have a litany of these examples. What is one example of a story that you cover that really changed your way of managing your money? Oh my goodness. That's such a tough question because you're so right. I've written about so much over the years and, you know, first of all, I'm just grateful that I have this job because I didn't learn any of this on my own. My parents didn't teach me about money. I didn't learn about it in school. I, I learned about personal finance on the job and I'm so grateful I've had that opportunity and I get to talk to experts all the time. You know, I think one of the things that I feel like I've benefited most is learning from, it's just, it sounds very simple, but someone I interviewed once, we were talking about budgeting and you know how everyone hates to budget. I mean, it is, it's like a four letter word in personal finance. Everyone hates a budget. It feels like a diet. It's so restrictive. And this person I was interviewing was saying, forget the budget. What you want is a spending plan. You want to think about where you want your money to go, not how you should limit your spending, but you know, you work hard for your money. You want your money to work for you. And so you want your money to go toward things that you value. And so if you can start aligning your spending with what you value, then you don't have to worry quite so much about every penny spent. You know, you're buying something. You're like, is this worth it to me? Is this going to help me reach my goals or take me further away from my goals? So I think that was a big eye opener for me. No longer thinking about you know, restricting my spending, but making sure I was spending in a way that was, you know, furthering my goals and aligning with what I value most in life. 
And it's so much um, <laughs> speaking to the human condition of wanting to we get more excited around spending than cutting back, right? And a budget just inherently sounds restricting. Who wants that? Exactly. <laughs> you got to trick the brain, right? Into <laughs> doing what's right. You're essentially doing the same thing. Just changing that mindset is so helpful. What's been your biggest money mistake, Cameron? Oh, well, I do certainly feel like, and it's not a mistake I made with my money. It's the mistake I made of not talking to my mom soon enough I really regretted that just because as she was losing her memory and I had to step in and start managing her finances, it was so difficult because really it was like trying to put together a puzzle without knowing what that final picture was supposed to look like. And I I almost lost an account of hers that had $50,000 in it because I didn't even know it existed. And it had almost been turned over to the state. It's oh unclaimed property. I know it. And this, so this, you know, this isn't even my own money. This is my mother's money, but because I hadn't talked to her soon enough and sat down with her and, you know, identified what accounts she had, I just kind of had to figure it out on my own. I almost lost a whole lot of money that, you know, fortunately found out about it, got the money, cashed out the account, used it to pay for almost an entire year of assisted living for her. So I really feel like that was a big mistake of mine. I feel like, um, Looking back to, I made a mistake when I got, when my father passed away and he was 61 and I was 28, he did have some life insurance, did not have a will, even though he was an attorney, but he did a life insurance policy with me and my sister as a beneficiary. And I was just starting out, got that money. And to be honest, I look back now and I'm like, where did that money even go? Like what? I feel like I totally blew that windfall. If I had gotten the money now, I could think of so many smart ways to use that money. But back then, and this was before I was writing about personal finance, I don't, I don't even know what happened to it. Like I blew it. <laughs> so certainly a big mistake. Getting certainly. money that I didn't spend well and almost losing some of my mom's money just because I had not had conversations with her soon enough about her finances. Well, and one last question, and this comes from our sponsor, Chase. We want to know as we're heading into the summer, what is a way that you are planning around some summer expenses, whether that's travel or, you know, summertime can be such a big expense for families, especially between camps and my gosh, staycations, vacations, um, managing, you know, your garden, all the things, landscaping. So are there ways that you plan for expenses in the summer? You're so right. The summer can be so expensive, especially if you have kids and my kids are going to be in a lot of camps this summer so that I can work and my husband can continue to work. And one thing that we did do is plan in advance because oftentimes when you sign your kids up early for these programs, there are kind of like these early bird discounts. And so we did save some money that way on summer camps by saying, signing our kids up early for those. That's going to save us money, certainly. Um, we, we do typically travel, take at least one big family trip in the summer. This year, we are taking a free, almost free family trip at the end of the month, um, staying at a place that my aunt owns near the beach. 
really to save money instead of spending a lot of money on a trip because I'm going to have to be traveling personally for my book. And so (laughs) more of our budget is going to be going toward that sort of travel. So, you know, finding a free or almost free vacation is a way that we're going to have some fun and save some money this summer. Nice. Nice work, Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying. (laughs) You're trying. No, you're doing great. We really appreciate all the work, your body of work, my gosh, going on 20 years. And your book is a must read for anybody at any age. And I really appreciate that you broke it up by age. So obviously, if you're in your your 20s versus your 40s or given where your your parents are in their life stage, it's a little bit of a different conversation. Everybody check out Cameron's book again. It's called Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk. Cameron, thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. You can learn more about Cameron at CameronHuddleston.com. All this information is at SoMoneyPodcast.com. You can download the episode, the transcript, share it. Also, leave me a message or a voicemail by clicking on Ask Farnoosh, and I'll use that for our Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and I hope your day is so money. So money.